Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast of A Word from the Lord. Today, Archbishop Foley Beach brings us his message entitled, And They Ask Jesus to Leave. Before we get started, today's special feature comes from last week's message, Compassion Unpacked. Here now is our speaker and teacher for A Word from the Lord, Archbishop Foley Beach. So if there's anything in our life that's blocking us, that gets in the way, we need to deal with it. We need to open ourselves to what God would do if we'll just let go and give it to Him. So I want to invite you to join me in prayer this morning. Maybe you'll pray along or maybe you'll pray your own prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father... We thank you so much for what you've done for us in Jesus. And I pray for each of us that you will keep us from becoming self-righteous, self-centered Christians. Help us, Lord, each of us, myself included, to serve you for your sake, not for all the benefits. To love others for your sake, not to be loved back. To give for your sake, not to receive. And Father, if there's someone here whose life is filled with sin, known or unknown, I pray that you'll give them the courage to come before you and surrender that to you, that they might know your forgiveness. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name, and I pray it for his glory. Amen. And now here's Dr. Beach with today's message, and they asked Jesus to leave. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 6.10, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly realms. If you have your Bible, please open to Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 26. Let's look at the gospel lesson for the day. Luke chapter 8, 26 If you don't have your Bible or if you're new to the Bible, it's on page uh, 1607 or 1606 of the church Bible there in your chair. By the way, we ask you to open your Bible uh, because why? We want you to get into this book. Uh, We're a liturgical church as Anglicans, and that means you participate. And rather than the preacher just giving a lecture, we want you to participate to read along, to, to study it, to think about it, to uh, ask questions. Uh, usually we have sermon notes. I don't have them this week because my schedule wouldn't allow me to meet the press time. But uh, usually we have those so you can follow along, participate in the sermon, ask questions, think about it, meditate on it, and get it ingrained in your life. Luke chapter 8, verse 26. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, or some say Gerasenes, depending on your version. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. Now, to kind of give you the context, if you imagine the Sea of Galilee like a clock, this region of the Gerasenes is like at five o'clock. And where Capernaum was and and Galilee, the area of Galilee, would be like 12 o'clock. The story of Jesus and the resurrection appearance when he met with his disciples and they had breakfast on the beach where they caught fit, that'd be like 11 o'clock. So we're at 5 o'clock. Verse 
27. When Jesus stepped ashore, well, when Jesus stepped ashore, he stepped ashore in this region of the Gerasenes, which was pagan country. It's actually the closest Jesus ever went to Gentile territory. The closest he ever went to the Decapolis, those 10 Roman cities which were built nearby. It's now called Cursa, and its ruins are actually still there. Now, Jesus stepped ashore, we're told. Now, don't forget what happened in the previous verses. Look back at verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So you can picture now going from 12 o'clock down to 5 o'clock. So they got in the boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came upon the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Verse 24, the disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're about to drown. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where's your faith? He asked the disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. So that's what had just happened. So now he steps ashore. The text continues. When he stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house. He had lived in the tombs. So he's met by this man possessed by a demon or demons. We're told he's from the town, he was naked, and he lived among the tombs. By the way, the tombs are still there. So basically, we would see him as a crazy man. I mean, the guy's just out of his mind. From verse 29 and and other accounts of this from Matthew and Mark, we know that the man was uncontrollable. People had tried to lock him up and change, and he broke them. He would terrorize people who would pass by, and he probably came to terrorize Jesus and his disciples. So Jesus is met by this man. Now, just a side note about demon possession. A true Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. A true Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. Why? Because the Holy Spirit possesses a believer in Jesus. That is, the Holy Spirit indwells that place in us called our spirit. For a non-believer, that place is void, and thus a demon can possess it. But for a believer, the Holy Spirit possesses that place. A true Christian cannot be possessed by a demon, but a Christian can be oppressed by a demon or demons or spirit. They don't control your will like possession does, but they can manipulate, connive, speak against God's best in your life. You yield to a sin, and a spirit manifesting that sin will pluck itself to you. Like a leech attaches to your skin, or a a strawberry thorn attaches itself to your hand when you grab in to reach for a strawberry. Only they attach in the spiritual realm and can be gotten rid of by prayer fasting and the power of Jesus. But that's much different from spirit possession, which is the case in this man. All right, so Jesus is approached by this man. He's possessed by 
by this demon. Verse 28. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. Verse 29, for Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. So this man sees Jesus, and he's terrified, and he cries out. And we're told he not just cries out, but he's shouting at the top of his voice. Can you picture this? I mean, he's just screaming. And he cries out, Jesus, Son of the Most High, I beg you, don't torment me. Now notice, this man had never met Jesus. But what does he cry out? He acknowledges Jesus' deity. I say he, but it's really the demons within the man. They're using the man's voice. The evil spirits know who Jesus is, and they are terrified of him. It's the same pattern throughout all the Gospels when Jesus encounters evil spirits. So Jesus asked the man his name. Look at verse 30. Jesus asked him, what is your name? And the demons answer, legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. The demons answered. He's so used to being overpowered by the demons and yielding to their power that he cannot even answer for himself. He answers for the demons. Legion. Now, Roman legion was 10,000 soldiers. So legion, the, the, the idea is that there are many, many demons in this man. Verse 31 And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. I find this interesting. Jesus actually lets them negotiate with him. Or at least he's being patient with them. But they don't want to go to the abyss. The abyss is that place where they will be locked until the final judgments described in the book of Revelation. Verse 32 A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into them, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. Now, we're told this is a large herd of pigs. Mark tells us there were actually at least 2,000 pigs. So you're talking about a lot of pigs, and they're feeding on the hillside. It's interesting that this is the only place on the Sea of Galilee where the hills go directly into the water. All the other places around the Sea of Galilee are are flat. There's a a long flat area before the water starts. And they're grazing there on the hill next to the lake or next to the Sea of Galilee. And they beg. Jesus grants permission. And they take possession of the pigs. And the pigs run into the lake and were drowned. By the way, pigs can swim. They actually love it. The demons drowned them. And they probably went to the abyss after that. 
verse 34, those tending the pigs saw what had happened. They ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Well, those tending the pigs were upset. I mean, imagine if they were your pigs. So they go into town and they tell what's happened. Actually, they go everywhere telling what has happened. Because literally, I mean, they had a personal interest in telling everyone because they were going to have to pay for these 2,000 pigs for their owners or their families or at least answer for it. And they couldn't afford to pay it. So it would either be jail or maybe worse, it could be stoning to death. So when everyone arrives at the scene, there's Jesus, and there's the man. He's not only dressed in clothes, he's dressed in his right mind, and he's sitting at Jesus' feet. The people are afraid. And rather than rejoicing in the man's deliverance, they're fearful for themselves. Look at verse 36. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. So all that the herdsmen shared was confirmed by these folks. And then verse 37, Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. Then they asked Jesus to leave. Can you fathom that? Here you are in the presence of God, and rather than rejoicing in the presence of God with you and the healing of the man, they're fearful, so they ask Jesus to leave. I bet you do that more than you realize. I do. We ask Jesus to leave all the time. More on that in a minute. So Jesus gets in the boat to leave, And in verse 38, the man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. So the guy's delivered and he says, I'm coming with you, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, go home. Tell your family, tell your friends what God has done for you. And so he does that. We're told he goes out and he tells everyone what Jesus had done for him. A great story. So what can we learn from this story this morning? Several things, I think. First, Jesus has power over demons. Jesus has power over demons. One of my best friends from seminary was a man by the name of Steve Evans. He's now an Anglican priest in South Georgia. In his testimony, he talks about being delivered from seven demons and coming to faith in Jesus Christ. He actually wrote a book about it called Rescued from Hell. But in the process of coming to the Lord, these demons had to be expound, be taken out. And then the Holy Spirit came. He now has a tremendous healing ministry 
not only of a physical healing, but also of healing of the memories and the soul. Demon possession is real, and demon oppression is real. And it should not be taken lightly. It should be dealt with while under spiritual authority and in the name and the power of Jesus. His blood poured out on the cross has incredible authority and power. Jesus has power over demons. So that's the first thing. The second is it's easy to talk about what Jesus has done for you with people you don't know, like on a mission trip. But God has asked us to talk about what he has done for us with our family and friends, with those who know us. Yet we run from that. So I think we can learn a lot from this because what did the man do? He went and told everyone what Jesus had done for him. A third thing I think we can learn from this is be careful what you invest in. If you are in a business against God's law, be careful what you invest in. Many talk about the plight of the owners of the pigs. It's actually believed by many that these were actually Jews who owned these pigs and would sell them to fellow Jews to eat against their dietary law given by God. It wasn't kosher. We don't know that for sure. But just be careful today if you're making your money on something which violates God's law. Because you never know when God will drive it right into the lake. And it'll be drowned. A third thing I think we can learn from this. Is how do you ask Jesus to leave? How do I ask Jesus to leave? Every time you choose to sin... Every time you begin your day without him. I don't need you around today, Lord. I'll just do it on my own. Every time you walk away from his calling on your life. Every time you say, my will be done, not thy will be done. How do you ask Jesus to leave? A fourth thing I think we can learn is where does Jesus want us to share what he has done for us? Where? wherever you are, especially where we live. It's no accident where you live. It's not an accident the house you live in. It's no accident who your neighbors are, although some of you are wondering that, right? (laughs) It's not an accident where you work or where you go to school or who you sit next to on the airplane or who your doctor is. Jesus wants us to share what he has done for us wherever we are And whoever we're with. We don't have to do it in offensive ways. We don't have to beat them over the head with our Bibles. We just have to share what God has done for us. And the last thing that I think we can learn from this text is what does this tell us about Jesus? What does this tell us about who Jesus is? It's interesting, the last verse of the previous story, verse 25, we're told that the disciples asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. The disciples are asking who he is. And three verses later, 
the man with the demon answers the question. Jesus, Son of the Most High. Jesus was God in human form as a human being. This man proclaims it again at the end. Jesus, remember, returned, told him to go home and tell everybody what God has done for you. What does he do? He returns and tells what Jesus had done for him. And this is the ultimate question we all have to answer. Who do we say that he is? It's clear what the text is saying. Who do you say that he is? Who is Jesus to me? In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi, this is Foley Beach, and I want to thank you for listening to A Word from the Lord. I'm so grateful that we have this privilege of bringing the Word of God to you. If you're listening today and the Lord is speaking to your heart, the Lord is is drawing you to Him. I want to invite you to open yourself to Him, to open your heart, to invite Him to come and and live in your life. It's really a simple prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are the Lord. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I've messed up, and I ask your forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, I want you to come and live in my life. So I invite you. I open myself to you. Come and indwell me in your presence. It's not a difficult prayer, but it has to be a sincere prayer. It has to be something that you intend to do and follow up on. And perhaps I'm speaking to somebody as well today who is a believer, and you're not where God wants you to be. Are you straight off the path? Are you living in disobedience or in sin right now and you know it's wrong? Or he's asked you to do something and and you refuse to do it. Why not today say, yes, Lord? Why not today do what he wants you to do or stop doing what he doesn't want you to do and get your life right to him life's too short it goes by so quick today is the day of salvation today is the day the lord wants to speak to you to bless you to guide you to strengthen you and this is my prayer for you this day and the whole reason we at a word from the lord broadcast this radio program is that god might speak into your life that you might be the person he's called you to be was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's message and previously aired messages, where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. Awordfromthelord.org has audio archives of Foley Beach's one-minute radio feature and much more. So visit awordfromthelord.org for audio, articles, and information about the ministry. You can find A Word from the Lord on Facebook, and be sure to click the Like button to follow our feed on Facebook. You'll want to be sure to visit Foley's blog at bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. 
On the blog, you can read the many articles posted by Dr. Beach. Many of these blog entries are excerpts and full articles published in local publications. You can also follow Foley on Twitter. His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at a word from the Lord dot org. Again, his email is foleybeach at a word from the Lord dot org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A Word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. And we thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.